you imagine if we were more obedient? If we took God at His word? There is a reason to believe God. There is a reason to our faith. You could be poor in the eyes of men and yet rich in the eyes of God. Joy and satisfaction comes by knowing your purpose in life. Shalom and welcome back to this week's program, Kingdom Insight. With me is Pastor John Trezener, the senior pastor of uh, the Neighborhood Church here in Saskatoon, Canada. Man of God, welcome on the program. Thank you. Wonderful to be uh, asked to speak again today. We're just going to go straight right to the Word of God. We've been looking at what is the gospel. What is the gospel? Please just dive right into it, and I want to hear uh, your thought as we expand from our last uh, topic on what is the gospel. Good. Let me tell you a fictional story about two doctors to start with, which I think will help us understand where we, what we need to get to know today. Mm -hmm. uh, you haven't been feeling, for, feeling while, well for a while. You're, there's something wrong inside of you. You, you sense it. So, so you're going to the doctor, but somewhere along the line, you cut the idea, cut the story that, that you should go to two doctors and get two opinions on, on how you're feeling. So you go to two doctors, both are equally competent, both are, are recognized as good doctors, excellent doctors in your city. And uh, you go to the first doctor, he puts you through a series of of very thorough examinations. And then you go to the second doctor and you're absolutely shocked that this second doctor puts you through the exact same set of tests. No difference at all. They're both doing the exact same thing. Week and a bit later, the first doctor calls you in. You sit across the desk from him and and he says this to you, I, 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 I'm really happy to be able to tell you there's nothing really serious wrong with you. You just need to take a few more vitamins yeah. and, and learn to rest some more and, and you'll be fine. Everything will be good. Mm -hmm. You have an appointment with the second doctor a day and a half later. Like the first doctor, he invites you into his office. You sit across from his desk and the doctor says, I have bad news for you. You have cancer. Mm -hmm. But I have good news. Yeah. The kind of cancer you have is 100% treatable mm -hmm. and you're going to be okay. You're, you're going to survive, but you do have cancer. Mm -hmm. I want to ask a couple of questions. Yeah. The first one is, which one of those doctors made you happiest at the start? The doctor said, just take some vitamins. Yes. Rest a bit more. Everything's going to be completely, yes. completely okay. And uh, the second question is, but which doctor acted in your best interest? I think the one who told you the truth. Yeah. You've got cancer. Yeah. A lot of us just want to hear the, the happy stuff, the, mm -hmm. go, the good, the the good, good news stuff. story, the yes. joyful stuff. Yeah. And so I've been preaching through this, this great book of Romans lately, and, 
And it starts in verse number one by Paul saying, I've been set apart for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Then he says in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's the power of God to salvation. So the gospel is what saves us. Yes. It's what brings us into right relationship with God. It's what brings us into health. Mm -hmm. But Paul doesn't begin the message by saying, everything's okay, just take some more vitamins and you're, you're, God's good, you're good, everything's good. He begins in the first three ch two chapters of the book of Romans, emphasizing that we're sinners. Yes. Now, the popular approach to the gospel now is to ignore that subject. Yes, that's we're not We're not going to tell people they're sinners. <laughs> yeah. We're going to tell them how to own Cadillacs or yeah. Lexuses, yeah. Uh, how to, how to uh, yeah, whatever, uh, the, the best of everything. And two steps to success. Two steps to success, mm -hmm. all, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but Paul doesn't start there at all. The good news of the gospel mm -hmm. starts with him telling us the truth. Yes. And that is we're sinners. Yes. So Romans chapter 1, Paul goes over this this stunning statement and teaching that Gentiles are sinners. Now, basically, if, you're, if you don't have Jewish heritage, you're yeah. a Gentile. So in, in chapter 1, he's talking about me. <laughs> and he's saying, uh, John, you're a sinner. You're, you're messed up. You've fallen so far short of God's desire and plans and wishes for you. And... So I'm, I can imagine the Jewish readers reading that and say, way to go, Paul. You're telling them, those <laughs> Gentiles there, they're nasty. <laughs> and then, then he gets to the beginning of chapter 2, and, and he says, not only are the Gentile sinners, but the, the moral people that all of you think are so wonderful, so upright, those, those people that you look at and you say, how did they manage to be like that? I'm not, I'm not good like them. And, and Paul says the beginning of chapter 2, the moral, upright people are sinners too. Yes. And then he gets to the end of chapter 2, and he says, you Jews are sinners too. Mm -hmm. So the bad news that this good doctor is saying, telling, sharing the truth, the bad news is we are all sinners. Every one of us are on the same boat. It's a level playing field. We're all sinners. And then Paul, at the beginning of chapter 3, uses a fairly standard uh, debate method that was used at the time Paul wrote this letter, mm -hmm. where he devises some imaginary opponents who are asking questions. And he asks five of them in this chapter. And the first imaginary question that he sees these imaginary Jewish opponents asking is, well, then what advantage is there in being a Jew? You've just said, I'm a good Jewish boy here. I'm a good Jewish guy. I, I, I've, 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 I've tried to be a good Jew, and now you've told me I'm a sinner like those terrible, terrible, terrible Gentile people. What's the advantage of being a Jew? And Paul answers that and says it's great in every respect. Now, you study Jewish history. We don't have time to get into that, but... You know, the Jewish history is a sad history of being despised and taken advantage of and, and beaten up and, and, uh, and murdered over and over again. Terrible catastrophes in history for the Jews. But, but Paul says the advantage of being Jew is great in every respect. Yes. Uh, 
he says, first of all, he says, first of all, and he's only got one point here, so I don't know why he said first of all. Yeah. Only got one point. He says, uh, you've been entrusted with the oracles of God. I think it's the New International Version that says, uh, the advantage you have is you've got the word of God. The word of God, yes. I, I was playing with my cell phone yesterday, and I've got a Bible app on it. And on my Bible app, I have 4,100 and some number, 41, over 4,100 versions of the Bible on my wow. telephone wow. that I can get to anytime. Mm. We've got a great advantage in our culture. Yes. God's word is here for us. It, it, it can be loaded on our apps. <laughs> you can go to almost any store and get a copy of, of any bookstore and get a copy of the Bible. We got a great advantage, mm -hmm. but an advantage is only an advantage Amen. if we take advantage of the advantage. Amen. And 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 I I am fearful like the Jews. We've got the Bible that shows us how to be in right relationship with God, mm -hmm. but we're not taking advantage of the advantage. Oh, we, yes. we need to get back to this precious revelation. Amen. And if you don't take advantage of the advantage, you have no advantage. Mm -hmm. But you do have the advantage, and the Jews never took advantage of the advantage. They didn't realize that they were sinners. Yes. Um, so we need to take advantage of, uh, of the revelation of God. And then the next question these imaginary opponents ask, well, okay, I admit, I acknowledge that I haven't been reading the Bible, or I haven't been paying attention to what you say. Does that mean that God's not going to keep his promises because I never read them? It's an interesting question. So how's God going to treat me if I don't read God's word? Well, the truth of the matter is God keeps all of his promises every single time. Amen. God keeps Amen. all of his promises every single time. So our lack of understanding the promises doesn't affect the end result. No. God keeps all of his promises yes. every time. Where we get messed up, and so much of this uh, misrepresentation of that truth is all over Christian culture, particularly yes. in North America now. Yes. Unfortunately, we have influence that goes around the world and we're messing up other yes. people. But we think God keeps his good promises. Mm -hmm. So if God has promised to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, we believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, so a uh, imaginary story again, but I, I come home after church on a Sunday afternoon. The snow has been falling since Saturday night. There is snow eight inches to a foot deep on my driveway. I've got teenage sons. Our, adult, our sons are all adults now, but I've got three teenage sons, and I say to them, if, uh, if you shovel that driveway before I get back for supper, I'm going to give you 20 extra bucks each come yeah. Friday evening to enjoy your evening with. Yes. On top of your allowance, I'm going to give you 20 extra. Just go shovel the sidewalk yeah. for Dad. Yeah. And, uh, and then I also say, and if you don't shovel the sidewalk, the driveway, Friday evening when you come asking me for your allowance, you're not getting any allowance. So there's benefit and there's loss. loss yeah. I can promise you that my sons will remember the benefit. Mm -hmm. Dad, yeah. we shoveled the sidewalk. Where's the 20 bucks? 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, if they didn't get around to keeping, uh, or keeping the commitment I asked them to keep, they're not going to remind me there's yeah. no allowance. No. We approach God that way. Yeah. Yeah. But God keeps every one of his promises mm -hmm. every time. Yes. And this good God is incapable of breaking any of his any words. And the truth of the matter is he wants to pour out grace. He wants mm -hmm. to pour out blessing for everyone. Mm -hmm. But you can be equally sure that if you think that 
uh, it doesn't matter how you live or how you respond to God, that he's got some promises for you too, and, and they don't have a happy ending. Yes, that's true. That's true. I, I want you to pick up right on there, uh, on the promises of God, because uh, many people think that they can continue to live in sin, and then others think that they got to put these rules and regulations to stop that so they can have all of God's benefits. Yeah, so there's, there's a tendency in, uh, in, in the Christian community, and, and I think it's also just in, in all of society, to, to approach God uh, on one of the two ends of, of a line. Uh, and there, there are people who have come to the conclusion that uh, the way you, you really deal with the fact that God is good and we're not is they become legalists. Um, and by legalists, I, I mean they just think, well, if God's good and I'm not good, I'll, I'll satisfy God's requirement that I be good. <laughs> By, by keeping all the rules. All the rules yes. And so, so they wake up in the morning and they are wound up tight because they are going to just yeah. live perfectly that day. <laughs> yes. they're, they're afraid to do anything too quickly, too much, because mm -hmm. they're legalists and, yes. they, and they want to keep the rule. Mm -hmm. And then on the, on the other end of the line mm -hmm. are, are these groups, uh, and this is a theological term, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they're called the anti uh and uh, people say, well, I haven't got a clue what that means. Well, we all know what anti means, yes. against, yeah, against yeah. and, and nom. Sorry, that should be N-O-M, not M-O-N. Mm -hmm. uh, so antinomonious. Mm -hmm. uh, the antinomonious say, uh, I, I don't need to keep any of the rules. I'm against the rules. I'm against the law. I'll just live however we want. And the challenge is, most of us swing back and forth between these two. Uh, so we feel ourselves getting a little too free in our lives and maybe doing something we wouldn't have thought of doing five years ago or ten years ago. So we make a swing back to the legalist end and we're, we spend our whole life trying to find this, this perfect place of balance somewhere in the middle. Uh, but that's not how we're supposed to live as Christians. This whole idea of how do I respond to rules and the law is not how we're supposed to uh, it's not supposed to be where our focus is. So mm -hmm. this whole idea of figuring out where to land on the line and, and hopefully find this perfect place of balance uh, in the middle, we spend our time trying to, trying to get there. Uh, I've got to erase this before it drives me crazy here. Uh, Anti-N-O-M. Uh, before we, uh, before we uh, know how to live, we, we try to find this perfect place of balance on the line. But the problem with that is it's all focused on the law. It's all focused on keeping rules. And the only way you'll really be able to live the Christian life is if you come back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And get your eyes on the gospel of God. So we, we don't serve ourselves well uh, by developing a focus on, on how many rules to keep. Uh, we need to get our eyes on the fact that Jesus Christ has paid the price for us. Amen. 
And Amen. Jesus Christ is the one who deals with our inability to keep the rules. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one who makes us righteous in, in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. If we try to live like this, we're going we're gonna to stumble mm -hmm. and struggle uh, all, of our, all of our Christian lives. So now, does that mean, okay, so I've become a Christian, I, I, my righteousness in God is in God, then I live however I want. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could get a couple of guys to come up, maybe, doctor, and, and help me here. Uh, we can we can work through uh, what the what the scripture says about this. So this is my my big elastic band. Now, now stretch it stretch it out there a little bit. So we've got we've got Christians who are and I, and I'll line it up with this board. They're really they're really legalists, and they really wake up in the morning thinking I just got to figure out. How to, how to live a perfect day today, I'm going to keep all the rules. And who knows what the rules say, because uh, they've made most of the rules up themselves. But they're going to keep the rules. And then we've got other people who think the rules don't matter, because I'm in Jesus. Jesus has forgiven me. I'll, I'm an antinomianist. I can, I can sin as much as I want, because God's grace abounds. Uh, and, and they've got this concept, and I've actually heard it kind of expressed, not in these words, but they're, they're saying it to me, that somewhere between Malachi chapter 4, which is the end of the Old Testament, and, and Matthew chapter 1, uh, God completely changed and God became nice. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in that one page. Um, and before, he used to be mean and got to keep all the rules, and then now it now, uh, doesn't matter anymore how I live. Uh, and the truth of the matter is neither of those are truth. Mm -hmm. When you discover the gospel of God, uh, there's two scriptures that I think become meaningful to you. First of all, Romans chapter uh, and verse 31, do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. Mm -hmm. Do we nullify the law? Do we nullify how we law? It doesn't matter how we live because I got faith. Uh, Paul says, may it never be. Or some versions would say, God forbid. Some versions say, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the answer is, no, you don't nullify the law of God. Um, but... Uh, we also read in Galatians chapter 2 and uh, verse 21, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, hope I've got the right verse here. Uh, yeah, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So we've got this tension in, in the true gospel that we have to make sure we're not nullifying the law and saying I'll just live however we want. But we also got to remember not to nullify the grace of God. Because mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is we're all sinners. We all blow it. We all mess up. Mm -hmm. and, and as much as we want to live right and make the Father happy, mm -hmm. we still are all sinners. Mm -hmm. And don't nullify the grace of God uh, by thinking that you can live in such a way that you'll never need the grace of God. Mm -hmm. But if you got the grace of God, don't ever nullify the the need for us to be living in a way that honors God. Mm -hmm. So the truth, and this is such a basic principle here, the truth of so much of our Christian life is uh, in the tension of the two truths. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of tension in scripture. Mm -hmm. The truth is in the, the tension. tension. Bless Hallelujah. you, wonderful to share.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. The truth is in the tension, finding the balance, not swinging to the left, not swinging too much to the right. That has been the problem uh, with the church for many years. You know, we look at uh, uh, the, the, the legalists uh, that, you know, you just have to live by these sets of, uh, you know, uh, regulations. And you find that before it is 28 p.m., uh, when you woke up at 6, before it's 28 p 8 p.m., you've already blown all of them. Yeah. All of them. You've, there is a trade in you. The Bible says, you know, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, you find that we've blown them. And then uh, with the grace now, we have what is called extreme grace. Now we just want to go and uh, go do everything we need to do and we say, oh, it's just by the grace of God. I have seen uh, people on Facebook post a big bottle of vodka they've been drinking and they put their head down like that and then they, the caption is, it's all by the grace of God. Does the grace of God mean to kill you? Does the grace of God mean, you know, we do everything stupid that is out there? And that is what Pastor John was sharing with us, finding the balance in God. The balance is found when we focus back on the gospel that Jesus preached. Paul said, should I continue to sin? Should I continue living in sin? He says, absolutely not. Brothers and sisters, as you watch this program, what a wonderful presentation by uh, 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 Pastor John. And I, I want you to realize this, that God wants you to come out of everything that has held you captive, whether it's sin, whether it's, uh, you know, just saying, oh, I'll just do it. And I'll just do it. I'm a sinner. Yes, we are all sinner, but God has given us the solution. The solution is falling in love with Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says the righteous may fall seven times and they can rise up. How do they rise up? By looking back to where their help comes from. Their help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us and may the Lord bless you and continue to watch Kingdom Insight. Write to us live at kazumbachows.com and we'll be glad to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. Shalom, shalom. Hello friends around the world. Thank you uh, for all your support, your prayers. This is uh, Dr. Kazumba Charles and my wife, Glory Kazumba. Uh, we have purposed in our heart to be a blessing to many people. We have the books that we want to send to you and to your household. We want to send to you the weapon of forgiveness, uh, revisiting the foundation and uh, the parables of the kingdom of God. Write to us, life at kazumbachows.com and life at kazumbachows.com if you have uh, any prayer requests, Glory and I will be able and will be glad to pray for you and to pray with you and to believe God to do the miraculous in your life. Please write to us and we want to send you those materials. Just say hello to the people. Hello people. Glorious. Shalom. Bye-bye. Hello friends, uh, thanks for joining me. This is Doc here at Kingdom Insight. I just want to encourage you by going to the book of Psalms, uh, verse 38 and verse 13. It says this, But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing. I make no reply, for I am waiting for you, O oh Lord. You must answer for me. 
Oh Lord my God. I love this scripture. Here is David. What is David trying to do? He's saying, hey God, I am deaf to all my enemies' threats. I am silent. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. Yes, I can speak, but I am silent. And I choose to hear nothing and make no reply. You know, most of the times when we hear people talk bad about us, when we hear people say something bad, we want to reply. We want to defend ourselves. But David is saying, I am, it's like I'm deaf. I don't hear their threats. What is it that uh, people have said against you? What is it that uh, uh, the enemy has tried to instigate towards you that has made you so afraid? I want to encourage you. That scripture goes on to say, I wait on you, Lord. Wait on God. God is your defender. God will defend you. Don't go and fight those who fight you, but let God fight on your behalf. And God has never lost anybody battle. If God fights for you, you are guaranteed victory. If you fight for yourself, you are guaranteed to lose as well. I want to encourage you, whatever situation your life might be, whatever you may be going through, I encourage you, God is with you. Don't reply, don't fight in the flesh, fight in the spirit. Pray and wait on the Lord. God bless you and continue to watch Kingdom Insights.